trust in money remains the bedrock of stability. The soul of money is trust. I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome, man. Thanks for making the time and expending the energy. Yeah, of course. Energy expenditure. Absolutely. How did you discover Bitcoin? Accidentally. Uh, literally, someone told me about it in like 2012, I think. I was working in finance and one of my mates told me about it and he was like, oh, there's this internet currency. And I was like a pretty big like nerd, basically. So I was always like looking for... I don't know, just tinkering with shit. And yep. yeah, we all actually, I think we all like chucked in some money and bought some Bitcoin. But obviously in 2012, that was different um, than today. Like, you know, you're not going to chuck in and share a private key that's printed out at your mate's house. Uh, <laughs> that was sort of what it was though, uh, once upon a time. But yeah, that was it. And then after that, I was sort of like, I got into it, but I wasn't like hardcore into it, you know? I was just like, I, I, did, I saw it more as like a cool new like, internet money, like as in, you know, for World of Warcraft and shit. So that was the angle that I saw it from. Some people come from the, oh, finally, you know, an anti-establishment coin or whatever. Like I didn't really think of that stuff. I wasn't quite conscious of it all. Um, yeah, I came from the just a geek side, just like, oh, cool. Here's something new. So were you waiting for it to be incorporated into something like a World of Warcraft, a game like that, like Diablo? Well, I just, I just thought the general premise of like all these companies like because you know when you have in-app purchases and stuff or in-game purchases they're basically a sunk cost so if they all worked on the same economy that would be pretty cool and so i was like okay that's mad if like i can get paid or like mine gold in world of warcraft which ends up being paid in bitcoin but then i can use bitcoin to buy land in minecraft or whatever it is i feel i felt like that sounded really cool um just sort of going in between in between like different economies with a unified currency. I thought that was nice. Interesting. Okay. So then obviously your background's informing you about this, but you mentioned that you're a bit nerdy in, in that. So that would have clicked almost instantaneously, whereas a lot of people require a few more touch points, I think, to mm. kind of go, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it sounds like you've done it immediately. You sort of well, I knew that I knew that payments was always a ball ache on like on the internet because of like payment reversals and you know all this kind of stuff. And I, I didn't know to the extent how punishing it was, obviously, but it was like I'd always knew it was a pain point. Like payments was sort of getting stitched into the internet using the old payment land. So it was sort of like there must be something cooler that comes along. And then, you know, Bitcoin came out and yeah, I feel like I found about, out about it quite late, actually, um, you know, 2012 or 2013. I feel like there were people, so many people using it uh, before, but I'd never used it. I just, just sort of like geeked around it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Sort of like seeing like who's going to use it. That was more exciting to me. I was like, oh, what's going to happen with this thing? Yeah, you right. Know? And do you yeah. still have that shared private key at your mate's place on a bit of paper somewhere? No, nah, I feel like that got reconciled like a few years ago, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like that. Oh, actually, sorry. I've got to tell you about this boating accident that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's an enormous amount of counterparty risk you've got going yes. on. <laughs> yeah. So it's a boating accident. So unfortunately. Um, yeah. You hate no, to I don't know. It, but so, yeah, obviously it's come leaps and bounds since then. You know, the education. It's weird. Do you find that we all go through this same journey of consciousness in understanding Bitcoin? Like, well, and I know this sounds sort of religious, but it basically feels like that to me. Like, I feel like I'm having like this slow burning epiphany on life <laughs> with Bitcoin. It's funny you say that because that's pretty much the point of this entire podcast, which is, <laughs> you know, there's these universal themes that everybody seems to experience and yet they're couched in, in an individual um, experience. Um, mm. You know, we all bring our own prior lives, I guess, to... Yeah, filtering through this new technology, this protocol effectively, yeah. and then it affects us in certain ways. And that's kind of the remit of the whole pod was just to try and unpack that and find out. I, I always find actually at the start of most Bitcoin podcasts or any podcast mm-hmm. really for that matter, you mm-hmm. know, they do the, the brief intro of like, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into it. And that's usually 30 seconds to a minute, whereas yeah. you kind of want to dive down that path a little bit further and just trying to understand because usually what you f- feel and, mm. uh, and hear over the course of, you know, you listen to a number of these uh, podcasts is that yeah. there's, they're going through, a, they've gone through a similar sort of journey that you've gone through. So, yeah, I, I do yeah. vibe with that. Yeah, it's like, you know, and, and the first time you hear about it, you know, a lot of people, the first thing they do is they dismiss it, myself mm-hmm. included. Everyone's got their own tuition where they said no to it and then three years later they came back to it or whatever. And I found that arc, that story so interesting that everyone, especially, you know, at Wire, which is a company that I worked at, we, we'd been around since 2013. So we worked with developers specifically. So we get to see their arc of their story. And we noticed that all the stories are all the same, like the, the level of consciousness. First, they want to do payment processing. And then they go, no, payment processing is not good. We want to do wallets. No, wallets isn't good. We want to do self-custody lightning or whatever it is. And everyone's kind of chasing this same enlightenment, you know, slow burning enlightenment, which is really cool to see. But yeah, back to your point of the podcast, Dude, that's what I love. Like I went to the Bitcoin bush bash and they were talking about how 80% of, you know, when you meet someone who's in the, in the community, like in Bitcoin, you've got this 80% alignment mm-hmm. and then there's these 10% edges which become the really interesting conversation points. And so like, you know, I come from a different background of interest or I, I look through Bitcoin with a lens of interest from like an energy perspective, but that's just because I like energy and physics stuff. But, you know, you've got farmers out there that I met that were, they look at it as, you know, a fantastic currency that like is, and they're making, you know, all these meat products and like just injecting themselves into the community because the community's like, you know, quite carnivorous, let's say. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just found that so cool. Like I was talking to a farmer and the farmer's talking to a plumber and the plumber's talking to a computer science guy, but everyone's got their own little tweaks to it. And it's like, you know, when you see like, you know, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, this is what Bitcoin is. Value is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. However, it's valuable to you. It, it's not It's not perfect, but its simplicity means it's so extensible to everyone's viewpoints. Because if you have something ultra, ultra, ultra primitive, it's much easier to adapt to many, many more analogies or scenarios than something that's very big and convoluted. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about Bitcoin simplicity, which is just 
It's a ledger. That's all it is. It's a big, long ledger that doesn't break. That's all. And we think about that. It's like people say that's boring. I'm like, boring? Dude, that's the coolest shit I've ever heard. We've never been able to build something like that. That's like inventing a new letter. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like that rooted in like the number line almost, or the alphabet. I just think that's cool. So anyway, but I, back to your point, I really like that idea because everyone's kind of the same, but then you kind of get to find out these quirky edges of everyone. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's yeah. remarkable. I mean, I was at the Bush Bash myself and, um, and I think it was uh, Wiz might have said that, but like yep. the 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 amount of people that were in at that at that um, conference convention whatever you want to call it yeah um, just meet up really um, meet up that's a, that's I reckon that's right meet up yeah it wasn't conference it wasn't, feels way too formal it's like meet up felt perfect yeah it was just a hangout and mm. there were such a disparate number of people that you look at them and superficially you would say they're not into Bitcoin no way. How could they be? Yeah. And then you talk to them and, as you said, they come from all these different walks of life and they've all gone on this similar sort of a journey. And so then that universality just starts to creep out and you're just like, holy shit, this, this is like and we're all anchored to this one, um, one sort of thing. Opti, uh, a few episodes back, was talking about the pillar of truth. It's like this foundation of truth that you can then sort of orient yourself from absolutely absolutely you know like in you know it is it is the only thing in the world that we can't bullshit true story it's the only thing in the world that cannot be bullshitted and i find that is an incredibly powerful thing in a world that's not full of bullshit but you know we've got a lot of a very ephemeral life at the moment like the past hundred years we think we've had huge technological breakthroughs but you know maybe in some physical sense but i don't think emotionally or mentally in our consciousness we've had much evolution we've actually probably delegated a lot of it to technology now um which is why you know i don't know i just feel like we're on a different path than previous civilizations have been and uh, i think bitcoin actually reorientates itself back to a more uh integrity long-term thinking path Mm -hmm. uh i really like the premise of bitcoin being so simple people are like Oh, it sucks. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. It's like, your world is too noisy. All those requests, all those features, all this junk, it's all junk. Like let's Bitcoin is a needs-based system and we're needs-based entities, like as human beings. Now we've evolved to be these greedy wants-based people, right? Because we're like, no, no, fear this. I get everything five minutes uber uber to my door if i click my fingers the groceries show up blah 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 blah. and so that's the wrong that's not real because we haven't worked for that and that's why we're seeing all this consumption with our brains mentally like you see all these mental health issues because everyone's consuming content that's blowing out our dopamine centers in our brains which is basically making us turning us sort of everyone to get adhd effectively but more more importantly it sort of creates patterns of an addict where you are basically desiring things really aggressively. So now when we think about that behavior from a mental standpoint, I'm like, oh, God, like, dude, Bitcoin is sort of like uh, sobriety almost from all the bullshit. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's Um, the antithesis of all of that high velocity consumption and trash. Yep, exactly. It's 
like almost like peace. Like it's like this noise reduction system. And it's like when you when you're looking at coins and stuff, and you got people that like they say, "I like this for that," or "I like this for that." It's like I like Bitcoin because the only feature it has that I give a shit about is it just doesn't change. That's it. And it's like people are like, "Oh, that's so boring." Ten minutes, this, blah, blah, blah. it's like whatever, man. Like everything else is changing around me. I need a North star. Like I need a compass because I don't fucking have one right now. And like, you know, I think for machines, because Bitcoin's the heaviest proof of work, no one's even close to it. Machines look at it like it orientates themselves. They orientate themselves around it like their global clock, right? So these nodes on the network treat it like the sun in the sky. It shows them when they're up, down, what day it is, all that kind of stuff. For human beings, just like us, we treat it like the sun. Like the, it's the heaviest source of energy. We set our circadian rhythms to it. Our work is set to it. Our productivity is all set to it. So you know, the block height to me is almost like the sun rising and setting um, in an energy context in the relationship between you know the nodes on the network and things like that. But obviously, that's a different viewpoint to someone else because someone else sees Bitcoin not as that. They see something totally different. But you know, this is this kind of uh, value is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. Totally, the, the you know the this um, theory of subjective value or whatever it is in the Austrian school, um, mm-hmm. and that's really what it is. Once you once you click to that that value is subjective, then mm-hmm. it really does allow you to accommodate a whole different set of viewpoints. Um, and you know, shed yourself of bigotry and, and 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 ideology as well. You know, you you can just anchor to this one uh, notion that uh, everyone's going to come at something with a various. The problem is that uh, I guess nowadays, because of that high velocity, um, and you're saying that our dopamines are all blown out and that sort of thing, um, we don't. Th- it's very difficult for the average person to think from first order principles. They go usually from second and third order derivatives whereby they, you know, I mean, look at the whole concept of, um, well, just anything in the world right now. Apparently it's not good to eat meat and that we should all just be growing copious amounts of monoculture um, with synthetic agrochemicals and and that sort of thing. And that's somehow healthier for the environment. It's like, no, no. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but there's a lot of these sobering things happening, right? Like you know, and I say sobering, we in like Bitcoin, sort of like the opposite of beer goggles in a sense, where Mm -hmm. it's like it's unbullshitting you. So it's like, oh, you know, what's going on with, you know, I don't know, all these vaccines and stuff. What's going on? Like it's just basically it's given people a compass to call bullshit on stuff. So people are like, yeah, Bitcoin shows me. Bitcoin's like. I don't, I don't know who, how, what I'm trying to say, but basically I'm saying like it just made me look and think more deeply about other areas. So like are the pharmaceutical companies really the best in the world at what they do or are they good money making? Um, you know, is all the, all, is the meat industry or the, you know, the vegetable industry, what's bad, what's good? Obviously it makes you feel like a conspiracy theorist sometimes, but it definitely is interesting just to, to you know, explore different different possibilities of what's actually happening and stuff. But I found Bitcoin's kind of made me more open minded mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. And it's kind of weird because the counterintuitive, like you know, people say Bitcoin. A lot of people, Bitcoin people, are closed minded. But it's almost the opposite. Uh, I find like I find them quite open minded. Um, but yeah, I feel like people have a 
that's a contentious point where they think they're not open-minded, but it's actually quite the opposite. Yes. I just think that the good thing is that everyone is like aligned on, you know, there's a few things that you can't be open-minded about. Like there's, there's rules to Bitcoin basically that were set in stone and we don't change those. Mm. Everything else be as open-minded as you want, but we're not making more coins. We're not changing the difficulty adjustment to bend or whatever you need. No, that's no. not happening. Yes. And that's where it becomes the rules of the game are set in yes. stone. And so then you can play it infinitely more effectively as yes. opposed to um, it changing every five minutes. That's why exactly we're talking to Daniel Prince uh, the other week and, you know, we just happen to mention the VAR, the concept of VAR in football. Yeah. And that, that is effectively like just throwing some erratic chaos into a rules-based system that we all mm-hmm. need to just stop and um, and and wait for these people in a friggin' room somewhere to figure yeah, out yeah. where the offside is or something. And and no wonder everyone hates it because all of a sudden it's just throwing the rules of the game out of the window, even though it's couched in the fact that it's trying to actually be more definitive. And by doing yeah. that, it's actually not. Well, it's it's it changes the game, right? Because if you know you've got stopping and starting, that changes the fitness levels. Like rugby league is actually a really good example of that, where they've got the bunker, the KFC bunker, and they go to the bunker, which is the VAR guy, basically the people in the video ref, the video ref bunker. Um, but that's a sponsored position, yeah. which means that's going to occur much more now because KFC is sponsoring that position. No, I don't care; it's fine, make money and stuff, but. Definitely, guys, like balance it out. Make sure you're not just trying to make as much money as possible with the risk of spoiling the entertainment value of the product or the game, let's say. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're shoving a fucking ad, oh, go to the video referee. Why? Oh, because KFC, we said we'd give them 50 placements a a game or whatever, you know, like a minimum quota. So the ref's like, we'll check that. Yep. You know, and then it a, just dilutes the product, and people start tuning out, and then yeah, pe- and people then start other- tuning out. It reduces the excitement and the momentum that you're building as a you know as a fan. Attention. So it's obviously it's sort of like someone pressing pause in the middle of a movie. You don't you don't go and see The Dark Knight, and then they pause it, and then you just keep going, and it's all good. <laughs> you know, like you go, hey, who the fuck paused it? Dude, like <laughs> <laughs> this is like getting good. What the hell? There's yeah, there's a bit of tension good. here. Why the fuck do you pause it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then that goes back to that whole vol- high velocity. Uh, and and people's attention spans and yes. and all of that sort of stuff and yeah. you know it's really interesting that um, what I've observed is that this it's just a protocol that's mm. set in stone with with certain set of rules and you know you can rely on it yes you know if people know that it won't change it has to it, it like. People are so thirsty for that, like in the most uh, disappointing kind of way. Like we're so desperate for just something that won't change. Like as in like, oh, well, what's a common ledger that we can all agree on? Like the world is full of disagreement at the moment. And that's because the world is full of different competing priorities. You know, we've still got different countries. We're like in a, we're a planet in the middle of the universe, all made up of the same stuff. Yet for some reason, we all think we're different. It's like, guys, let's get on the same page. Let's make humanity like the best, baddest hitter, maddest person in the universe. You know what I mean? But it's not going to happen if we don't all sort of work together. Like we've got to stop making everyone fucking hate each other and shit, which is I like, 
I don't agree with it, but I can understand their motivations to make money. And they had a lower level of consciousness, uh, you know, during this process. You know, we had a world war and then we had another world war. Um, but now I think our consciousness has sort of evolved pretty aggressively um, where we understand we're much more empathetic now because since the internet came out, it made me and every person that's on the internet be able to connect with people outside of their environment. So mm -hmm. if I live in Sydney, Australia, I can now see what it's like to be someone, a woman in uh, uh, Iran or, you know, a guy getting walking down the street in Egypt or a person playing soccer on the streets of Brazil. I can see what it's like to be there because I've got so much more information. It's put right in front of me. So what that does to my consciousness is now it goes, wow, and I start reflecting, comparing myself to them. And I go, wow, my situation is very fortunate. I'm very grateful or whatever it is. And so I start leveling up, understanding how many things are actually out there happening. And so, you know, previously, obviously, this is a thing that we kind of, we bo we're born with now with the internet, which whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But, you know, the old mindset of self-interest, I think we're going to get pretty unified as a civilization pretty quickly, um, especially now because, you know, look at like what's happening with AI, right? AI is basically blurring the lines between humans and machines, and it's doing a pretty good job. Like let's say, like you see those Morgan Freeman deepfakes where it looks like Morgan Freeman, but it's not Morgan Freeman. So what, how does that evolve? Well, that means that everyone has their own avatar, so now my likeness, like what I look like, isn't really me that much. Like that doesn't, that shouldn't be me because Morgan Freeman is deep fake. That doesn't mean it's Morgan Freeman. It means it's a Morgan Freeman deep fake. So it looks like him and it sounds like him, but it's not him. And so as we all start having this, we all start realizing that our exterior is probably not what makes us us. You know, you're one of one out of 8 billion people. So what makes you, you? Beyond your cosmetic look and feel and sound, it's the way you speak or how you speak or what you speak about. And so I think there's going to be this big unifying kind of moment, not unifying moment, but I think Bitcoin's going to help that everyone realize that we're all just part of the same energy ledger. We are, you know, we are all Satoshi Nakamoto, so to speak, but we are really all just particles in the same system. And the sooner we understand that and work together, the sooner we become, you know, really fantastic uh, value-adding people to the universe, let's say. Well, that's the I know key. That sounds a bit crazy, by the way. No, Sorry. that's the key, though. It's the, 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 the awareness that you need to be able to create value for others and yes. contribute, not consume. Yes. Yes. And be of service to others to try and, you know, I always say try and just lighten their load a little bit. Everyone's carrying around their own bag of rocks yep. and um, the idea is to not add any more rocks to anyone else's bags yes. and, and ideally help them remove some of their rocks, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And, and, and through that, you, the, the best way to do that is to actually create value for someone and you can define value in any way, shape or form. You could be creating yep. a product, a service, it could yeah. just be getting coffee for your wife in the morning. Yeah. You know, there's a whole myriad of different things that you could do to create value for someone to yeah. effectively just make their life just that little bit better. And then if we're all doing that, centered mm -hmm. around this exchange of value, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, you can extrapolate pretty hardcore yeah. into now a very nice cooking. universe. You know what I'm saying? Damn right. But you know, the <laughs> problem is. We all don't know two things. One, we all don't know what we need. 
So if I had a sign on my head that said, hey, here's the biggest problems that I have right now, or here's the solutions I need, then that would be pretty good. Um, I don't have that. Um, and also, if we all knew what people, what people we could go to for what solutions. So that's how I think about sort of humanity is mapped out as every person on the planet is born with a gift, a very, like, very, very good gift. And that's almost like their purpose, I'd say. But finding the gift, finding what you're good at is the challenge. That's and right. Especially the noisier your environment is, the more challenging it is to actually sit with your thoughts in solitude and go, who am I? What do I like? What do I want to become? And what like mark on humanity for the better do I want to leave? It's not about oh, how much money do I have in the bank account? It's like, you know, we're, we're playing for keeps here. Like this is this is an address rehearsal. Like, you know, let's try and find how do I get my name in history or how do you get your name in history as someone who contributed? And that might mean, you know, doing a podcast, for example, this is producing content for the future civilization to watch. And this will go in history and this will be there for almost ever because mm -hmm. Bitcoin will be there for almost ever. So what's going to happen is a whole population is going to be trying to consume every piece of content around the origins of this technology. And so the people in the future are going to be looking at it just like we research, you know, we go on Wikipedia binges to study, oh, what's that dude from, you know, I don't know that, you know, 1912, uh, you know, tap dancing stage show or something and we read about some guy for two hours and then we end up looking at joe pesci in home alone 2 or whatever it's like you go on these wikipedia vendors um but you know i think i think that's how the future is looking at us now but the content they're going to look at us with is much richer because we've digitized so much of ourselves now so they've got much more of a canvas to look at they can see all our photos they can see all our videos they can understand our sentiment our talks our demeanor but we couldn't understand that about, you know, Tesla and Einstein and stuff like that because we didn't have as much rich content. Yeah, there's um, that metadata to draw off so you can yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and it's infinitely more richer. And it can be used yeah. for good or good or ill, of course. Of course, yes. You know, and, and I guess that's what we're all sort of conscious of, particularly in the Bitcoin space, is this using these powers, this newfound um, power for good, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing. We've got to add value. If you're a predator on this chain, like, like the chain is watching. Like, I don't know how to explain it any better, and it sounds very deity-esque, but the people in the future using Bitcoin will, like, look, go on Twitter now. You look at all the archaeologists, like Pete Rizzo and stuff. They go through all the old Satoshi transactions or, you know, Satoshi posts or they post, here's the first block or how Finney running Bitcoin. We love all this nostalgia. If you think we love it now, imagine people in the future, what they're going to be thinking about. Oh, that was how Finney tweeting out running Bitcoin. Oh, like they're going to lose their fucking minds about shit. So everything, but, you know, your conversations that you have in your podcast and things like that, there will be people like, you know, you might go on and do 500 episodes of this podcast or 5,000 episodes and people will be like, dude, this was like one of the first like 100 podcasts that he'd done. It's like, oh, do you know what I mean? That's it's pretty mind-bending to think that. it Well, the, yeah. the real mind-bending part is that that's happening right now. Yeah. So we can't perceive it, but it's already happening. So people are watching and cheering, at you, cheering you on from the future already. Yeah. You specifically yeah. as well and me and everyone, but we've just got to understand that that's happening. And it's quite weird and it's a bit of a trip out to think about. But, um, 
Yeah, sorry, I think that's a bit off topic. No, it's but. good, man. I've I've actually uh, I'm due to restock on my gold caps uh, this weekend, so you know <laughs> this is kind of this is in lieu of that. <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Why do you think that you are open and able to discover Bitcoin? We kind of touched on it, but um, mm. you know what, what? What do you think it was? Why, why do you think you're able to discover Bitcoin? Be open to it. Um, me personally, mm. or yeah, me personally, I was like, well, I saw a pain point that it solved for me. So remember we talked about subjective value and obviously that doesn't mean it is the pain point that it was intended to solve. It just means that's what caught my eye. You know, something catches your eye. It's a pain point or some point of value that it could add to my life. Um, so I saw that pretty easily, but my, my as I dug deeper, that was just the surface. It, it, that's the, you know. That's, um, it's the, the first crumb in the breadcrumb trail. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's got a different first crumb that hooks them, but everyone will come sort of eventually, depending on the pace they're going at, arrive at a similar position. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's why I was able to discover it because I'm, yeah, I'm a bit, it was a nerdy flavor for me, you know? And I think that's probably why I discovered it in like, earlier like 2012 or 2013 and not 2018 mm -hmm. because if i'm a nerd and i'm hovering around looking for cool nerd shit um then it's more likely to cross my purview than someone that's you know just uh sitting on reddit or something like that yeah yeah and that that's uh i mean that reminds me because i was living in london at the time and i think mm. uh, a friend of mine who mentioned it to me and was just literally like nah that sounds like nerd stuff I'm not doing that, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. sucks to be me. Right. It's like, no, but, but, I mean, but I guess that's the, the, you, we were talking before about, um, Bitcoiners by and large are open-minded individuals that mm -hmm. are welcoming of all these new ideas and new sources of information and, um, can pass them through their own filters to discover what is and is not true, or at least what is and, and what does and does not add mm -hmm. value to themselves. Yeah. And the counter to that is that you get accused usually by the, the very people that are closed-minded of being closed-minded. And I find that phenomenon quite striking. Yeah, and I, I, I see both sides of it, but I think where they're missing the point with the by saying, you know, Bitcoiners are closed-minded, I think they're confusing that with principled um, in that there's certain principles that won't be changed. And that's something that Bitcoin, like maxis, let's say, hold very firm and so they don't want to deal with any bullshit about it and they don't want to hear anything that is unrelated to that and i think that's fair i think that's actually a very healthy uh security policy for immutability like if you've got a chain that you don't want to break like that's how i think about bitcoin's almost like satoshi's kid and we're all the godparents in a way so our job is to make sure that we preserve the wishes of the father or you know whatever the parent um and just keep it as it is, which is, yeah, we'll hold the same values you held because you asked us to do that, right. theoretically. You right. know what I mean? It's not our work. It's his work or their work. And our job is to be like, hey, we appreciate the work. We're going to uphold that. Any forks aren't Bitcoin, you know, at the end of the Push it forward. Yeah, exactly. And it's also impossible. It's a contradiction to be immutable and not conservative. Um. It's impossible to be immutable and not conservative. Like you have to, in order to to not be open to not, not well to to not want to change the rule set of the protocol, uh, you need yeah. to be conservative. 
in yes. order for it to maintain its immutability over time and yes. space. Whereas, yeah. and so that fr from that point of view, in a, in a political sense, mm. that conservativeness tends to get attacked, particularly nowadays, because we're yeah. all supposed to be so enlightened and progressive. But yeah. in actual fact, the in, the, 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 the progressiveness the is is missing all the bullshit. That right. is, in my opinion, that's because that's the easy stuff. That's easy to just consume and be like, yeah, okay, sweet. But the actual thought is like, okay, well, yes, I hear you, but also, hold on, let's go one step further. What's the ramifications of something like that in the future? And it's like, it, I think it is. I mean, definitely going with the, like, being conservative feels like it's an unsteady time on planet Earth right now. It feels like everything's just burning to shit or everyone, you know, I'm really happy with the World Cup because that felt really good, like Messi winning and everyone was like, you know, those good vibes for planet That's Earth. The, one of the best bread and circuses we can. Yeah, we can yeah. Nice. And, and like, you know, but like I feel like, you know, the, now's not the time to be making like just be irrational. Like now's the time to be really kind of like, oh, shit, guys, we need to like be adults here and like see what's actually going on. Like around the world, like you know, we've got to trade together, we've got to work together, all these kind of things. Because, yeah. Anyway, well, um, I think you, I you see what you before see how you have been able to modulate your own uh, sense of being in relation mm. to others because you've been able to see, you know, the kid playing soccer in Brazil, or mm. the fellow working down the street in Egypt, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that influx of information. Mm allows you to do that but it also exposes us to infinitely more tragic say happenings in the world yes. whereby they are kind of always happening it's just that we didn't have the the capacity to broadcast that mm -hmm. into our minds every single day via these devices mm -hmm. we carry around literally yep. carry around in our pockets open them yep. up and at a moment's notice can get blasted with some horrific story on the other yep. side of the world and then the only conclusion to draw is the world's going to shit. Yep. And in actual fact, it's like it's probably just doing what it's been doing. It's just that now you're even more exposed to it. So yep. it's not to say that we should just throw our hands up and be like, well, it's already, it's always been like this. So why, what's the point? No, no, no. But um, it's, it's to kind of, but when you're not thinking hard enough about it, it mm. is easy to just draw a conclusion well the world's going to shit i'm just going to become a nihilist and um mm. and uh, screw this place you know whereas yeah. then bitcoin once you're orientated towards it have taken mm. the time to understand it or at least attempt to understand it yeah and be humble enough to know that you're not going to know everything about this thing yes but pursue that line of inquiry yeah over time you start to realize it's it's like you were saying it's like a volume knob. It just turns that noise down. Yeah. And you just hear that pulse. Ten minutes. Yep. Okay. Now we can orient. It's like the breath. Yeah. You, know, you talk it's about seriously like meditation. Is. It legitimately is. It's like if you just shrink, like, you know, when you focus just on your breath, meditating, that's you focus on one thing, your breath, right? Um, it's sort of like focusing on one thing financially. Like if you're looking at one thing the whole time and orientating yourself, it's almost like you're meditating your your whole life is meditative now. Like does that make sense? Because it's mm -hmm. so channeled and like the energy is so channeled. Everything is adding value all the time because your energy is always focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's like 
you know, it's obviously a, a cool thing to think about. But I, I feel like, you know, when you think about like fiat versus Bitcoin or whatever, it's sort of like, and I mean fiat world, right? Like, you know, just like billboards and posters and advertising, blah, 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 like busy, 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 busy. That's like switching from like Windows to Mac or something. It's a different operating system. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of processing information, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's, I literally think about it like an operating system and how it like affects my brain. Um, you know, so if I'm using not, and I don't mean like, it's not like I go shopping and shit like that with Bitcoin. I just mean like, I focus like my problem set or, you know, I keep my thinking orientated more around a Bitcoin future than a fiat past, if that makes sense. So it's sort of my outlook is what Bitcoin's future could look like, like an economy with everyone just working together um, versus this chaotic clusterfuck um, of the past hundred years. But also because the um, the money or that your financial position is in effect appreciating over time rather than depreciating, you then are able to plan. You, you yeah. can mitigate some of that uncertainty, that inherent uncertainty of the future, and you can plan better with more mm-hmm. confidence into the future. So Much more accuracy because it becomes much more deterministic as your, your potential value is on a deterministic path with the finite supply. If I can, you know what they say, you know, fail to plan is planning to fail. So if I can plan and I can plan with a reasonable level of determined, like confidence as in like it'll be accurate, um, that means I'm solving problems not just for tomorrow but for three years, five years, ten years. You can do your financial plan for life almost if you assume some sort of growth rate in Bitcoin, right, the value, dollar value, but then you've got to understand Bitcoin and be like, well, what could break it? And it's like, well, nothing can really break it. Uh, what would overtake it? I don't know, but it's probably got to have some value. It's got a big community. So, like, you can almost, I mean, not bet, but, like, I feel like I've bet a lot of my mental headspace on Bitcoin. Um, now, sure, I could be wrong, but... Uh, I don't think I am on this one. It's just, it's too good. It is too good. It's a, it's the heavyweight champion of the world right now, it looks like, you know. Well, the, the opposite of that is to keep doing what you've been doing since dot, really. Yeah. And, and, and you know intuitively, at least you could feel perhaps without being too emotional about it, but you can feel that mm-hmm. something ain't working here and yet, here we are. I've got all of these stories from all of these different people from all of these different walks of life, mm-hmm. and they're all coalescing around this one particular thing, mm-hmm. and it seems to be working for them. All right, let's give it yeah. a go. You yeah. Know? And then there's and no obligation to stick with it. How do you feel when I have these conversations with people? You know, when you meet people, like, mm. do I feel good about myself? Do I feel worse about myself? Do I feel more optimistic about the world? Do I feel less optimistic? And it's always that like, I feel good. And maybe it's just because you feel so alienated sometimes when you when you are, you know, down a rabbit hole. But but I just think I really, it's like I'd ra- I'm in the mindset now where I want less. Like I don't feel, I feel like I'm just, my, like my brain's saying like, dude, just less, less everything, less noise, less like, you know, less push notifications, turn your push notifications off. Like you're just less. And like I feel like a lot of people are also thinking that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I've had, I've seen so many people that have just gone, you know, through this pandemic thing, they've gone, you know what? I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, going to the city every day, working in a suit. 
I'm going to make half as much and move out to the country and just like plant some trees and like have some chickens. <laughs> and it's like, that's mad. Good for them. But you know, people, but that's living. Right. And that's right. kind of the premise that I feel like has sort of been introduced to us all for the first time. Um, at least, at least some of, you know, a lot of people over the pandemic have kind of had that aha moment where they're like, well, what the fuck was I doing? Why, why, why was I doing that? I thought I had to do that. That was the narrative I had to follow. Like, you know, the, the successful life narrative is, you know, you know, you get, get a good job, get a good education, get a good job, get a partner, get a home, have a family. That's fantastic. But, you know, that idea of, you know, you need all these things. It's like, well, maybe you don't, you can live on much less and, you know, society doesn't need you to live in some fancy area because it's socially cooler. Those social dynamics and that consumerism stuff, I feel like will kind of take a backseat and people will become more cerebral with what they value instead of more cosmetic, uh, mm -hmm. which was sort of like the 90s and 2000s, um, a bit more, it uh, feels like maybe. Um, this is just speculation, but I definitely like the idea of just si simplicity, uh, shrinking the scope of noise in your life, you know? Totally, and focusing on what matters to you. Yeah. And what's yeah. what's important, where you where you can extrapolate the most amount of value from, and if that is no longer traveling to the city in a suit mm. every single day, and instead, yeah, you know, farming chickens and planting veggies and all that sort of stuff, then more power to you, sort of thing. But yeah. by the same token, if if you're on the opposite side and you do get enough yep. value in that, sweet, cool, no problem at all. That's that's happy days. Do you? Because we need. The people, and so this is one of the things I've, I've you know, with Bitcoin because of its yeah. appreciation in value. And then you talk about sort of when Jeff Booth mentions technology yeah. being deflationary and, you know, wages effectively going up in what is it, nominal terms over time? Or is it real is? terms? I don't know. You know, what, so what? like if you're, if you're working at Macca's, right? And, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're flipping yeah. burgers. Yeah. You don't need to necessarily have a pay rise each and every year because, in fact, the, the money you're earning is just appreciating in value. You've got more purchasing power over the next year. Yeah. And, you know, we're told go, you know, go to school, go to uni, get the house, put a wife in the house, do all these things. Where instead, no, 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 I need, like, people to flip burgers for me. I need skills of plumbing. I need skills. Absolutely. Like, all of these things that people are good at, I need all of those things to make my life better because, you know, that's that's how we all kind of and and so instead of being squeezed out at the margins when you have you know wage increases mandated yeah. by the state or whatever it is mm -hmm. what it does is just actually make more of those people in the lower levels unemployed because the mm -hmm. business can no longer afford it it's just like dude i just can't do it and what, you know yep, then you lose happens. those fundamental skills that help grease the wheels of society in this yes. unseen way absolutely okay. You know, the service economy, the service, like people, wait staff, table staff, all these things that people look at, like people scoff at. When are you getting at. a real job? Yeah, it's like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, this is my career, pay. bro. Yeah, absolutely. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, Have you ever been be to like a decent restaurant with decent service, decent food, decent wine list, yeah. the whole thing? Yeah. It is one of the best experiences you could ever have. And you're mm -hmm. served with these professionals who take mm -hmm. their jobs very seriously. Yeah. in terms of being able to present this experience of food and, and anything yeah. like that in yeah. such a way that makes you go, wow, that was memorable yeah. and you've got a memory now for the rest of your life. I yep. need those people in my life because personally I value them and yep. so I need them to 
not be beholden or at least their businesses to be beholden to minimum wage laws, yeah. but rather just be able to save their time and energy and money that will appreciate yeah. over time so they get more purchasing power. A hundred percent. And like, you know, when you think about even, you know, people that like look at, because the, the wheels of society, like there are people, there are people that go in the sewers every night or, you know, like just to keep shit running for us. Like we are so fortunate. We have running clean water. We are so lucky. That's not a primitive on earth. We take it like it's a primitive, but it ain't no primitive. You go in the middle of Uluru and you look for like a bottle of water. Dude, a bottle is technology over there, like yeah. to store water. That's like a, you know, because there, it's just there's like no infrastructure. And until you get put in that hardship, you'd never ever, you never have the gratitude that you could have without it. Do you know what I mean? That's like right. understanding that. Well, Europe's so like, experiencing that now with the, this this cold snap, and as safe uh, Saferdina Moose points out, mm. you know it's the uninvention of the of the energy grid, which is like the dumbest thing you could ever think of doing because yeah, like, this it, thing's it's, a marvel. It's gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it's gnarly. Like and like it's funny because you know talking about like servers and waiters and stuff, like you know the economy or whatever it. it Everyone plays a part and everyone plays different parts at different times in their life. Like I used to work at um, like burger place, not burger place, bakery, right? Like, you know, my first job, 14 years old, I worked at, you know, it was the McDonald's bakery kind of equivalent, like a franchise bakery. Loved it, mad. It was sick, but that was my job then. And my job was to be the dude that scraped the floors and did that. And, you know, everyone has their part. And some people, sometimes people get older and, you know, I might end up, flipping burgers in three years because I have hard times and everyone's at a different phase in their life and no one's got the context of someone's journey. But I just always find it's, you know, you never can judge people by their circumstances like that. It's like I, if they're passionate about it, great. If they're just happy to be employed, awesome. But like, you know, you can never really, you know, life's a long race. You can't sort of stand, uh, feel like you've done it. And you think you're never going to go back there, but yeah, like I just think it's having respect for everyone because everyone's on their own journey and everyone's got to, you know, like we said, we've got our bag of rocks we're all carrying around. Mm. You know, um, it's important to realize that everyone's got that bag of rocks uh, on their shoulders. So uh, yeah, I I, I think um, every everyone is necessary. But to your point specifically, now what happens when you raise the minimum wage? You expedite automation. Um, and so every time, if something gets more expensive, I mean, it looks like a pretty automated sort of society that we're living in. So sure enough, people will just automate the jobs. Now you've seen the first, like, I mean, Maccas, if you go to Maccas in Sydney, it's all automated, basically. Like there's like one dude there that's like 14 years old behind, like managing machines pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's just what happens. And so now you've seen in Texas and Carl's Jr., for example, which is like Maccas in, in the States they expedited basically their automation stuff. And the CEO was sort of, I think they're publicly traded. And the CEO said something like, yeah, you can raise it, but like we're, I've got a like, fiduciary obligation to the shareholders to make sure that I make more money. If this costs more money, then I will figure out, and that R&D to automate it is there. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't know the solutions to these problems because these are just, and they're just gnarly problems. Like it's not, I wouldn't envy being a government either. Like government, being a government is kind of like running a family of 300 million people or 30 million people. It's like running a company. Like running a company with 80 employees was really fucking hard. And it's really hard to make sure everyone's getting along, everyone's needs are being met. So I don't envy being a government at all. I definitely think like order and structure is 
necessary, but man, it's it's not an easy job. So, no, but then you can align. They're also not good at their job. Well, they make it look like they're not good at their job. That's <laughs> they Jesus certainly Christ. do. They certainly do. Yeah. But I mean, that's where you get aligned incentives. So it's incentives all the way up and down the the the, yeah. the value chain. And yeah. um, you know, rather than turtles, it is incentives all the way down, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, if you can align those incentives. And everyone is is extrapolating the most amount of value to them, however subjective that is. Then, yeah, you know we're pretty golden. Um, it's that's not, money. It's that's that's how that's capital accumulation over time. That's literally how we make civilization better. You know, that's and that's how we became humans because everyone else is doing their job that they love. The ants are doing their job. The the birds are doing their job. The fungi is doing its job. All of that is only, like, we're only made possible because of all that shit, you know? So nature, nature's assembled itself where everyone knows their part. You know, you don't see ants trying to build computers or evolve to try and build computers. Ants work like a team and they basically function like teams, as does almost everything else in nature but humans. <laughs> but we sort of do collaborate, but we're also very um, parasitic. I think, I think, like, there's a definition of, like, a virus or a species, but we come closer to the definition of virus because we consume all our natural host resources or whatever, <laughs> instead of being like positive sum photosynthesis or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we've uh, we just got to work together. But you've got to start by knowing the common line in the sand is you've got to have a common line in the sand. The and that's something that's set. something that none of us can break, you know. Yep. Um by d- irrespective of who you are, it's sort of the the leveling or the evening play evening playground play even even playing field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has uh, Bitcoin? How has discovering Bitcoin changed you? Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. It makes me feel like a, a preacher or something. Like from a like a, I feel like a, I'm door knocking on people's houses, telling them about the word, the good word of the Lord. You know, like sharing the good word. So, but it, in in essence, if you, you know, people say it's not religious. It's like, yeah, religion is about channeling energy into a certain direction in common belief system. I mean, Bitcoin's pretty close to that. So, I mean, religion has a negative connotation to some people, but. At the end of the day, it's a collective belief system that um, that props it up and holds it together, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's quite cool. Um, uh, and how has it changed my life? Well, I think it's just made me so uh, excited about the future. I would say, like in the best possible way, it's made me revisit a lot of things that I thought I understood. So it's kind of like I've taken the goggles off from my whole life and now I get to look back at my whole life and be like, all right, how does it look like with these different goggles on? You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of cool because now I've gotten to live my life like feels like multiple times through multiple lenses. Um, yeah, which is really cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. And, and yeah. that, that's actually one of those universal experiences I think that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. It is like wiping the bugs off your windshield and being like, oh, yeah. Okay, I can see the road yeah. more clearly now. This is okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yep. Which way? It's like am I VHS, going? VHS to DVD, or VHS to you know 4K HD. Um, yeah. I got. I used to have bad eyesight, and I got laser eye surgery, and that's like the same thing. It's like whoa. I, I would go like look at leaves and shit on a branch because I'm like, holy smokes. Look how detailed this is. And it's not like I'm not, I'm not on an acid trip or something. I just haven't been able to see properly. Everything's been pixelated forever. So now looking at a bunch of flowers is suddenly exciting again. 
you know, looking at, you know, looking at the ocean is exciting because it's not just a blurry blue. It's like, oh, look at the little waves and stuff. So you kind of, in the same way, you get to go back and look at all the same things just with a different lens. Yeah, that's it. And it's, it, you get those pick up on that detail and that nuance and you're more attuned, particularly yeah. with the noise turned down and the yeah. signal turned up, you are attuned to more of that, that detail in, in the pulse, in the signal and where yep. those fluctuations and modulations are occurring. Yes. And where you might need to tweak around the edges, around yep. the margins in order to sort mm-hmm. of realign because, you know, you'll get drift and you'll start to sort of yes. get out of phase. Yeah. And you bring it back in again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it allows you to do that. And I think it, it is just, we've got to reco- like return to the fact that we are just talking about a protocol here <laughs> that, that is just about value exchange it's information. Numbers. It's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's that You can spin off into all of these different uh, explanations of this thing. Absolutely. And so now it becomes, as more and more people start realizing, wow, Bitcoin is just numbers, right? It is just an assembly of numbers. Now, if we think of Michelangelo or whoever does those statues, you know, they carve those statues back in the olden days, like Roman days or whatever, and they're stunning statues. That was a block of marble ones. And all it is is a certain number of chips in a certain number of ways in a finite number of hits to craft that into this beautiful statue, right? So the statue always was there. It just needed the coordinates laid out on how to carve it. Now, Bitcoin is just numbers. We just needed the coordinates assembled. into Like, it is our Michelangelo statue, whatever it is. I'm not very cultured, so I don't know art. <laughs> but it's our Michelangelo, Sistine chapel kind of thing. It's our pyramids. Like, all these things are massive, massive, massive pieces of work or proofs of work. Pyramids, proof of work. Sistine Chapel, proof of work. These gorgeous statues, these beautiful buildings. That's why they would build as a working society, I think, because they never, they didn't have the privilege or the luxury of ephemerality, which is, you know, building shit that's just going to be, eh, fucking, we'll spin it and flip it into apartments in six months or, you know, blah, blah, blah. We ain't building for culture here. Everyone's building for money because money is the culture. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't agree with that, but look, I just got put here. I didn't ask to be born on earth, but you, neither did you. So I'm just here playing the same game you've got. You know, we're kind of, it's almost like being, I play Fortnite a lot now. Um, it sort of feels like that where you get dropped on an island and you're sort of like, <laughs> figure it out, dude. Let's you go. Know? <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right, cool. What are we doing? Get a job. What? <laughs> yes. How? <Okay>. How? <laughs> Learn this language. What is it? I don't know, but I learned it. Just go, okay, go, cool. go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. Let's go, people. Let's go. You're <laughs> sweeping you out of your mum's vagina and into like just get amongst it. So it's kind of, yeah, when you think about it, like the statue, Satoshi's the sculptor and he's just chipped it away and he's assembled these numbers in a certain way where a machine has looked at it and gone, holy shit. That is gorgeous. That is a beautiful statue. And then we've seen as humans, we've seen it not as a statue of numbers, but we've seen it for money, which is our, the way, the lens we look at it through, which we understand that it's built strictly on numbers, just like the statue is made of marble. But, um, you know, the assemblement and the value it gives us is different. So, yeah, it's... um, it, dude, it's a, it's something special. It is real. I really, really think it is. I don't even think we know how special it is. And I know we know, we think we know, but whew, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's groundbreaking. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and then that's hard for people to comprehend, particularly new people to the space that mm-hmm. hear all of this, this um, I mean, for lack of a better word, hyperbole about this yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult to pass that, particularly in, in a secular kind of a world where mm-hmm. religion is a dirty word and yeah. um, you do have these people out there proselytizing about this thing and you must get on board and it's going to make your life better and you will be <laughs> saved and all this sort of shit. And all of that is actually fundamentally true, but, um, you know, it scares a lot of people off and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I guess it's because they haven't had that touch point yet, that, that, that problem to solve. And yeah. it will come in due course, mm. as Christine Lagarde yeah. says, it will come. Um, but you know, they, they, uh, they just need that, that come to Bitcoin moment, which again, and everyone has a different aha moment, you know, Mm. and, and that's the thing. Yeah. Everyone, what, you know, what got you into it? What got me into it? Everyone's got their own different pathway into it, but the pathway all converges down the same black hole. (laughs) And what a, what a, what a rabbit hole it is. Yeah, but what a treat. Like imagine you did, like let's just say, let's imagine like life is supposed to be entertaining, right? I feel super lucky then because let's say life is meant to be this gift. Man, I feel so gifted that I got like dumped into earth when Bitcoin's around because what a pivotal thing. Like that's so exciting. Like cool. I got to see, you know, I didn't get to see the moon landing or whatever, you know, none of that shit, but Hey, this is pretty damn cool. Like, yeah, I reckon this will go down in history, um, or it will become the history book um, that everything else is written in. Well, if you're a curious person, which I think a lot of uh, early adopters say of of Bitcoin are, you know, it's one of the most intellectually stimulating things you could ever possibly oh, yeah, think about. hundred percent. Like, just yeah, it just ratchets ratchets up that curiosity level where you just yeah. funnel f- follow all of these little tunnels down this mm-hmm. rabbit hole off as you were saying at the start you know with um farming or finance yeah, or yeah. you know all of these things so remarkable i'm curious to know what have you learned about the world and we probably touched on this this has been quite a, an amazing <laughs> rip to be honest um because oh, we've ripped through all of the questions but just in a <laughs> in a roundabout way but mm. what have you learned about the world and yourself since discovering bitcoin uh, I've learned that I think, you know, Satoshi set a really powerful example to me. Like uh, to me personally, I think I've always, oh, let me, sorry, let me do. I, I love Bitcoin. The premise of it, the main thing is because it taught me to think bigger. Um, so it's not like, you know, if you want to build something as a person, like everything on earth, like Steve Jobs said, he's 100% correct. Everything was made by someone. This computer was made by someone. That camera, the 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 bridge, the Harbour Bridge, whatever, it was made by a person. Anything that is made in the future will be made by a person too. So Satoshi's come along and said, well, I mean, yeah, there's a calendar app and there's this app and our oh, server and oh, cool, a search engine. It's like, what if we could like change like, money like that's sort of like saying like oh what if we could switch from oxygen to something else like do you know what i mean that's like i didn't know you could even like entertain that idea so i think that's like kind of cool so that's really pumped me up to be like i mean not in a, an immediate way but that's just kind of something that's racked my brain a lot where i'm like whoa this dude's just changed the definition of a word 
Like that's that's disruption because like my favorite like entrepreneur per se was Albert Einstein because his infrastructure that he built, which is just an equation, but that's his startup, right? That was his thought that he converted into this equation and he gave it to everyone for free. It's like an open source physics model, right? And that's what he said. He goes, yo, guys, have this, see how you go. So <laughs> a billion people use it. We all use that equation. And so I feel like those guys, like Satoshi, Einstein, Nikola Tesla, those cats are thinking next level big. Like, uh, you know, like not like, oh, yeah, I wonder how much money I can make. No, no, no. Dude, they're trying to like burn a hole in space and time for their name. And I think that is, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is like, with a unified ledger, um, you can add value to that ledger and that propagates out to every participant of the ledger. So as a user of Bitcoin or a holder of this scarce asset, what can I do with those assets that will I can sleep well at night knowing that it will add value? Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, and maybe I'll be dead, but I know that it was a value-adding thing. So even if I have died and no one said, hey, Mike, thanks so much for whatever I've done. I don't even know what I've done. I haven't done anything yet, but I'm saying in, like hypothetically, it doesn't matter because I can go to bed like we've already said, right? The future is already watching us. So Either way, if I die and I try and add value to this protocol, there's a fundamental mathematical equation to show how much value I've added. Like, you know, if it's my coins have gotten lost. Oh, he went to, he took his coins to the grave. So he's got one Bitcoin. Thanks for lowering the supply. That's an example of propagating value to everyone, right? Um, and so I think about that's a cool, it's a channel to be able to add value to everyone instantaneously. And that's a really um, intriguing thing. Because that means that you can, uh, yeah, that's just a big thought in general, I feel like. Um, just being able to add value instantaneous at, at a drop of a hat. So if I, if I have 10,000 Bitcoin and I, I just tweet out, I'm sending these to a dead address, the whole, everyone's like, whoa, you're an idiot. It's like, no, I can do it whatever I want with them because it's my money and that's part of the protocol. But as a holder of the coins, you've now got, a bigger portion of a more scarce supply. Now, I'm not saying I'm just going to do that, but I'm saying that's a, a very high level, obvious example of that will propagate to add value to the community, whether they like it or not. It's just shrunk the supply. Um, and so I don't know. I just find I just find that interesting, like thinking big, like being able to think really big. And I think it's going to help a lot of other people lift the veil off their own sort of you know thoughts. Um, and so I think that's super cool. Mm. Super cool. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least it tried, and that's the main thing. And it sets such a beautiful example for trying something new and going big yeah. when you try something new. So even if Bitcoin failed tomorrow or whatever, just say well, for whatever reason it never worked well, uh, it blows up tomorrow and there's some big problem, still the whole world is going to step back and be like, yo, that almost ripped the whole world apart. Like, do you know what I mean? Like people will be like, yeah, okay, we need to like be, this is a legit thing. Like people would have been like, wow, we got lucky that that thing didn't keep going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that almost the whole world would stop and think the same thing. And I think that would be a very humbling moment for us all. Um, but I don't think it stops. So that moment doesn't happen. So we get to keep thinking bigger and bigger and bigger and be like, wow, what is possible, you know? Totally. And I hope it helps people feel confident to think bigger because that's hard, part of the problem. You know, people are all, everyone has a gift, remember, and the job is to, you're you're the best in the world at something because 
you you like things that other people don't like or you like a combination of things that no one else really does like. But that combination of things, you probably have the best understanding in the world of them. And that's like, that's what I like. I like that this idea that people can kind of go down their own rabbit holes from their own lenses and become their own sort of topic authorities, basically, and build this collective intelligence in a more defined and structured way. That would be really cool because then in, you know, 10,000 years or, you know, call it 50 or 100 years, if we all have much more, if we're much more as a society understanding of how to get from birth to our purpose, which would be like running on the most optimal machine possible where I'm doing all the things that I love are sustainable, are value adding and positive sum or whatever. So let's say you're, everyone's doing their purpose. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Think of how fast humanity moves if it's like everyone is running on absolute optimization, which is basically running on their purpose. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. There's no like, oh, I don't know. It's everyone is living their best <laughs> selves, most positive. Whew. Dude, that is, if we met an alien civilization, they'd be like, nice guys, that's sick. We'd be like, yeah, dude, we, we worked hard at this one. We fucked each other up for a long time, but we got there in the end. You know what I mean? That's pretty That's pretty amazing. I mean, that that's just that running on optimum and just pure value creation for everybody and <sighs> yes wow that's yeah. that's something it's a well-oiled machine right there i mean you talk about big ideas but i mean you wrote uh, a piece for bitcoin magazine called bitcoin is time traveling energy yes and you elaborated a little bit about that at the most recent bush bash in Morundi. Mm -hmm. but um this this concept of sending coins to the future to a mm -hmm. block that uh, it's it's time locked right so yes. i'll let you explain it but um yeah. the way i understand is that the uh issuance the the final block reward issuance and then it's the mm -hmm. one after that um mm -hmm. and you've sort of time locked it to unleash these was it half a bitcoin yeah, it's, it's one one hundredth the block reward. So basically what I was like is this block reward will run out, right, in our timeline. So it goes, you know, 120 years, the block reward goes from one Satoshi down to none. Then after that, it, the chain sort of starts again. And so I was like, well, the miners don't have an incentive. And then people say, oh, they got transaction fees. Yeah, whatever. Transaction fees, I don't want to have to, I don't want the ambiguity of that. I don't want them to have anything to argue about. I want them to know that there's a fuck ton of value in them to keep mining. So I don't want it to be a, oh, what if there's no transaction? That just creates ambiguity. So what I did was basically I locked 50 million Satoshis into the 7.14 millionth block, which is like the year 2126. But to those miners then, that's going to look like the sun in the sky. Like imagine these miners are traveling like, uh, like, a, like, like um, sailors in the night, they're traveling through space though. They need a North Star, which is the incentive to keep going. Like that's the shining light at the end of the tunnel. So they've just gone from winning one Satoshi per block, which is basically the entire amount. Think of all the energy that will be mining Bitcoin to win one Satoshi. So if you think how much one Satoshi will be worth in terms of relative energy, then 50 million Satoshis is going to be worth basically the equivalent of like a neutron star, like a black hole almost. Like it's that much energy that they'll be like, no one will have anything uh, to say other than we all need to basically, it's like a winning lotto ticket. Everyone's, because I published the private key, right? So I locked those Bitcoins into the future into a way that says, this is for Bitcoin. This is a structured um, example of 
the block reward being continued. So by donating it, because it's very cheap to donate it today and it will only get more expensive. So my goal was to try and start doing it as early as possible. And so these rewards are peppered through time into the future for basically everyone to hold the private key. So the private key unlocks these coins at a certain time. Everyone on earth has the private key. It's already published. Like use it if you want, you don't have to. But the idea is everyone gets the winning lotto ticket and everyone would most likely, I would hope, basically be working together. So it would be like the world would turn into a giant multi-sig to make sure that they win this block together. Because the miner, no miner is going to win this like 50 million times a reward. That's like a miner being, you know, a $10 billion block today or even much more. It's like a $100 billion block. They would all work together to make sure that it's cryptographically decentralized, but they're all hedging each other. So if you win it, I'm still going to get 10% of it or whatever. Like it's like taking a stake in each other because it's too valuable. And so the goal is that this huge, huge reward would help everyone work together to retrieve it so that everyone makes sure that they get a slice of it. Whether it's you and me sitting at home as, you know, maybe we're 14-year-old kids just geeking out with a broken old computer. We're running, we're going to be trying to mine, like we want to be part of it. It'll be like a big event um, in history. Well, that, that's the goal anyway. But, um, but yeah, that, the idea is that that will happen and we can deterministically de like understand that that will be a moment in time that it has a definitive amount of value, which is quite high um, relative to the previous block reward for the miners. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but what I do know that would happen is if Bitcoin is still around then, um, which I think it would be unless we change something today, but... Bitcoin will probably be still around, even if for just nostalgic purposes. Um, that should be really impactful. Like, basically, it should add value to that receiver at that time, at that point in time, mm -hmm. um, which makes it interesting because that means that if that person, they're going to look back, well, who sent those coins to us? Like, who put those there in the first place? And then that creates sort of a portal from that person's computer at that time in the future to look back through history to look at us today. Does that make sense? Because mm -hmm. they're going to be like, well, look at this dude. He's like, okay, his name's Mike. Okay, well, he's doing it just to fuck around trying new shit. Okay, what else does he do? Well, now look at the whole space at the time. The world was really shaky. Maybe this is like a, a sending a flare into the universe asking for help. I don't know. Like, you know, there's kind of, it will create these sort of cryptographic archaeologists. Um, That's hopefully. Nice. But I mean, anyway, this is just it, so the incentive though to work all together to mine mm. that block and 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 be rewarded with that half a million, um, fifty million. Sorry, fifty million sats. Yeah. yeah. Um, rather than work in an adversarial way, mm -hmm. because as we've been explaining throughout this whole podcast, mm -hmm. is that life is better when we all work together and create yeah. value for one another. So yeah. you're effectively hedging your bets on the fact that it'll incentivize more value creation, more unification, more yeah. incentive to work together as opposed to, yeah, splinter off into factions and then effectively, you know, if mm. say one faction was to win that block reward. It then you have an absolute wealth with a huge amount of, you know, poverty. Like right. someone will be so astronomically wealthy or one faction, let's say, would be that collectively as an intelligence, we would know that that's not good because that's not, it's just, and I don't think, I think at the time in the future, we'd be much more humble and empathetic as a society. And we probably solved a lot of these problems of consciousness 
in terms of our own ego and stuff like that that we won't have in the future. But, um, but yeah, the idea is basically the whole world would turn into running on the same mining pool, let's say. Right. And that's what Bitcoin is. If you think about it, it's just a bunch of people mining the same shit. Not, and now it's the same thing. Uh, it would be, you know, a cryptographic setup where everyone's got their multi-sigs and everyone knows they're not going to get stitched up and it's all programmed. To, everyone can see they're going to get paid. So I wouldn't worry about that. The, I, the principle is basically that, yeah, everyone would be on the same team. Mm-hmm. And it would be in everyone's best interest to be on the same team. Now, you're going to have people that won't be on the same team, but then statistically, they won't have a chance. Um, you know, so... There'll be a rounding error. Mm. You know, who knows? Maybe between now and then, uh, you know, the whole world changes and, you know, Bitcoin becomes irrelevant and we aliens come to Earth and tell us how to make free energy or something. I don't know. But um, until then, then maybe this is just a nice beacon of light at the end of the chain for anyone later in the years that is questioning whether or not they should mine or, you know, help secure the network. Here's like another cherry on top if uh, if you are on the fence about it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, Michael. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're working on in, in the Bitcoin space or, you know, m- mindfully OPSEC and that sort of thing. But uh, is there mm-hmm. anything that you want people to know and where they can uh, find out more about you, read your article, <laughs> follow you? Yeah, um, I've got an article on, uh, it's called Time Traveling Energy on Bitcoin Magazine. Um, yeah, I mean, any feedback or criticism, that's what I'm about. I really dig it. Um, it's just an idea. So I, I really like ideas um, and trying to think of original ideas that I haven't seen before. So um, I welcome the criticism and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, if I can ever be helpful to anyone, um, feel free to reach out. I'm on Twitter. Uh, my name is Michael Dunworth. <laughs> um, Michael Dunworth one, uh, which is a pretty inconvenient way of... Uh, I'll put it all in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. But no, I'm always about, like, I mean, my experience comes from, I started a startup called Wire, um, did that in 2013. And we've, you know, we've helped, I don't know, seven and a half million people get into the ecosystem. Um, we've worked with, you know, 3000 developer teams. Uh, we processed, you know, probably close to 50 or a hundred billion dollars uh, in transactions into the, into the ecosystem. So, yeah, I've, I've had the experience of building and failing and fucking up and not fucking up and all that kind of stuff. And so if there's ever anything that you think I might have fucked up before that you can avoid fucking up, let me know. And I'm happy to share, compare all my notes and, uh, yeah, help you help you out. So, yeah. And by the same uh, token, if you'd like to say thank you for providing value for me, you can do oh, that. Oh, no, too. thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 no <laughs> I think, I think it would be nice if, if, if Michael's ever provided value for you, you could... You know, oh, yeah, let me know. <laughs> let him know as well. Don't just tell him all the negative Man. shit. I'm so insecure. Jesus Christ. Well, we <laughs> all are, but that's why we have Bitcoin, right? Because it gives us that extra level of confidence. So, oh, how you good. know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Michael, yeah. thank you so much for spending uh, your time and energy with me uh, today chatting. It's been a mind-bending uh, conversation <laughs> and quite a hopeful one, actually. Yeah, so, let's keep the optimism. It's I appreciate free. it. Positivity's free too. Let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go. All right, man. Thank you so much. Hey, right, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Just-